This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we're talking about how to make the most of your Social Security. With me today, I have financial planner Byron Palsma, and Byron is actually one of the specialists in our office when it comes to Social Security planning. So welcome, Byron. I'm glad that you could join us. Thanks, Mary. Good to be here. You know, I think that a lot of people, as they're approaching retirement, have questions about what is the best way to take their Social Security, and how does this system actually work now that it's time to get money back out of it? That's right. It's not the easiest system to navigate. It really isn't. There's hundreds and hundreds of different options and combinations that a couple can take their Social Security in, and figuring out how to make the most of it really does have some you know, planning that should go into it. That's right. So I think that one of the things that uh, is the first piece that people really need to know to make the most of their Social Security surrounds what age they can take it. So what's the earliest age that someone can take Social Security? People can start taking Social Security, Mary, as early as 62. Okay. And then the the end of that uh, time frame is age 70. So somewhere between 62 and 70 really is where you're going to want to trigger your benefit. Right. I think what people get a little mixed up about, though, is if they take it as early as 62, is there any negative impact to them? And that answer could be a big yes. That's right. So there's this thing that's called a full retirement age. And what does that mean? Well, the full retirement age basically is kind of the pivot point of Social Security. Uh, what what happens at full retirement age, and for folks that are born, just give me an idea, for folks that are born in 1954 or earlier, the full retirement age is 66. Okay. And then it increases by two months. Uh, 1955, it's 66 years and two months, et cetera, until, yeah. <laughs> not, not really easy to remember, yeah, right? It's, it's not like, like wow. it goes up a year. It's a couple of months. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll get the top end for you. At age, in, if you're born in 1960, then your full retirement age is 67. But the key is that if you are continuing to work before your full retirement age, you won't be able to keep all of your Social Security benefits. Uh, because there'll be somewhat of a penalty that you'll have to pay back. Right. So if you're if you're working before your full retirement age, so let's just say your full retirement age was 67, if you're working and earning wages and you want to take your Social Security, there's kind of a magic number that you're supposed to keep your income under in order to actually be able to keep your Social Security benefits. Right. And you'll hear people say that, you know, that are in retirement, maybe they have a part-time job that they don't want to earn too much. And the mm-hmm. number is somewhere around $17,000. Yep. And if you make less than that, you don't have to pay anything back for Social Security of the benefits that you had received. But above that, you will you will have to pay something back. So imagine yourself making 18000 instead of 17000 and getting a beautiful little notice from Social Security that you need to write them a check back. <laughs> that would not be a very fun check to write, would it? No, it would not. <laughs> that would rank right up there as one of the worst checks you'd have to write. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So the bottom line is this. You do need to know what's your full retirement age. And to kind of, again, put that in a synopsis, if you were born before 1954, it's age 66. If you were born after 1960, 
It's age 67. And if you're in between there somewhere, born between 1954 and 1960, you've got a weird combination of 66 and some number of months. So you'll have to look on your social security statement to see exactly what that is for you. And that really is going to drive when you want to actually trigger those social security benefits. Now, there's also some things to be aware of when you take those benefits early. So for every month that you take your benefit earlier than your full retirement age, there's actually a reduction in the amount that you're going to get. So you're going to want to be looking at those numbers, which you can actually get right on the Social Security website. Right which is ssa.gov, G-O-V. And also, if you wait beyond your full retirement age, you actually can get an increase. And so, Byron, how much does it go up each year when you wait? Well, once you hit that full retirement age, it increases by about 8% every year, which is a pretty solid return. Yeah, Um, that's a a good number. That's a good increase. That's right. (laughs) But once you get to 70, that increase stops. So there's really no financial benefit to delay beyond age 70. Right. And on the flip side of that, as far as the deduction goes, Mary, if you take if your full retirement age is 67 and you start at 62, your, your uh, benefit will be reduced by 30%. Okay. So that's pretty significant cut right. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you're making these decisions, you really have to be paying attention to a handful of things. What's your full retirement age? What is your reduction or your increase going to be? And then also, what are you earning? And will that have an impact on your Social Security itself? So you can see why we do radio shows and podcasts about this, because this is a complex situation for people. It is. And one thing people should note also, Mary, is that it is individual, uh, case-by-case basis, what your sister did or what your best friend did may not be the best for you because your financial situation, your health, other factors may be different than theirs. So you really need to look at it from your own perspective. Yeah, and I even think that there's a pretty significant difference if you're a man versus a woman when you're thinking about that. And and some of that has to do with just the amounts of benefits that men and women are receiving. So there was a study put out by the Social Security office, and it said that the average 65-year-old annual payment for a woman is $13,770, but the average for the same age man is $17,976. So that's a pretty marked difference annually, you know, three, four thousand dollars a year difference. And the main reason for that would be because of earnings history. Right. Earnings history, maybe, and also how long you worked. And that is driving that difference. But so so what I guess I'm trying to convey to everybody listening is that especially if you are a woman, you need to be paying attention to the numbers to make sure that you're maximizing it for yourself. Right. And you will, on your statement, you'll get an earnings history. And how they compute it is they look at your highest 35 years of earnings. Mm-hmm. And for some people, maybe they haven't worked for 35 years. Maybe they've only worked for 15 but they'll still divide by 35, so a zero is going to hurt you. So that's maybe one of the reasons why you may see some differences is because of people have not been in the workforce for the full 35 years. Right, exactly. Okay, so 
when you're thinking about Social Security and you're thinking about the planning that comes with it, there's there's an importance to it because for a lot of people, Social Security does represent a pretty good chunk in terms of what their actual retirement dollars are going to be. So according to the Social Security Administration, um, you know, most retirees have Social Security, but also rely on their other investments or their other incomes during retirement. And on average, Social Security represents about 33% of what somebody's income is during retirement. So 33%, one third of what your income is, is significant enough that you definitely want to pay attention to make sure you make the right decisions with it. That's right. Now, the rest of somebody's retirement income is likely to come from pensions, if you were lucky enough to have a pension, or from savings or investments, if you've saved in your 401k or retirement plans. But a lot of other, uh, a lot of uh, retirement income from people also comes down to still earning. A lot of people still do have part-time jobs or are earning something in retirement. Right. And that's, part of that is probably because of the improvements in healthcare where people are maybe living longer or maybe living healthier longer, Mm -hmm. so they're able to still work. Yep, exactly. Okay, so Byron, when you're advising people with Social Security, what do you recommend in terms of how soon do they need to go visit with the Social Security office or go online to get the ball rolling to start their benefits? Well, they probably should really start thinking hard about it maybe about a year before they're, they're going to take it. Uh, but it's important to note that when you want to actually start, you probably should visit with the Social Security people at least three months before you're going to do that. Don't expect to go in on a Friday and then first check to come on the Monday. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> in fact, it does not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of other people applying for Social Security, too. So you need to keep those factors in mind. But uh, a little bit of planning is going to be a good thing for you. So when you go to the Social Security office, many Social Security offices are set up this way that it's a first-come, first-served basis. So a lot of them will have the little number that you take and then you wait for them to call your number. And that can be 10 minutes or that can be three hours, depending on how many people are ahead of you in that line. So our recommendation is that you go ahead and get there at the very opening of the office that day so that you can get right at the front of the line. Otherwise, you could be there for a lot longer than you really would like to be. (laughs) Kind of like getting your driver's license renewed. Oh, yeah, exactly. Timing is everything. (laughs) Exactly. The other thing is that um, you're going to want to have an understanding of Social Security and not be relying on the government employees to advise you of what to do with Social Security. They're going to tell you what the numbers are, but they're not in a position and they're really not allowed to advise you on what to do. Right. I always kind of look at it as kind of like the old TV dragnet show, which many of our listeners probably can relate to. (laughs) In which the officer would say, just the facts. There you go, just the facts, And that is exactly right, (laughs) just the facts, ma'am, right. And uh, and part of that is is the Social Security people, you know, they're not allowed to give advice, but they also don't know your full financial picture. Right. And, uh, you know, they can can tell you about the rules of Social Security. Uh, They can compute some numbers for you. 
But uh, no, don't expect to get any advice from them because they're, they're not supposed to do that. That's not their job. And that's actually our job as financial advisors is to help people understand what their options are and then how those options impact their full retirement picture. How do they interplay with their other investments that they have and things like that? So routinely when we're doing planning for people, we'll be looking at the quote unquote, what ifs. So what if you take your social security when you're 65? What if you delay until you're 70? What if you take it at 62 and work part time? We look at the long term impact of all of those different options to help people really understand what the long term impact of their choice would be. And then they can make an educated decision about what to choose with social security. That's right. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and we're talking about how to make the most of your Social Security. So we've covered the ages that you can take it and how taking Social Security works when you are actually still earning an income. But now I think we really want to address the elephant in the room, and that is, is Social Security actually going to be around when you need it? That's right. We recently had a seminar, Mary, where we talked about Social Security, and the question was asked, how many of you are confident that's so scared to be around when you retire. <laughs> and there was a table with some younger people. No one sitting. was confident. <laughs> no one was confident. They all raised their hand yep. that they were not confident. So, yeah, that that is a concern. But what we're hearing from the Social Security people is that the year 2034, up until the year 2034, the program will run as it is right now. The benefits would not be reduced, anything like that. So they have enough money to, to run full steam until then. So I think what's kind of interesting about that year is that they can run full steam until then and then they're broke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think most organizations would plan like that. So the likelihood is there's actually going to be some changes sometime between now and then. Right. We just don't know exactly what they are. But they are projecting what might happen. Right. That's right. And what would happen actually 2034, things wouldn't necessarily stop. They're mm -hmm. projecting that roughly the percentage of benefits that you'd receive would be around 70 or 75%. So it's not so much that people would completely stop getting Social Security. And there's even a lot of discussion that people already on their claims getting Social Security might not see any difference. It'd be people who haven't received it yet are likely to get a smaller benefit than what is being shown on their statements today. Right. Maybe 70 to 75% of it. Maybe something like that, if mm -hmm. no changes are, are made. Now, right. one thing to keep in mind is one of the strongest voting blocks is going to be older folks. Right. They're the ones that have time to come to those, you know, cafe meetings and things like that. <laughs> and they're going to express their concern about Social Security. Right. So. So, you know, politicians are going to be pretty careful with what they do about Social Security. But there's no doubt that something is going to have to be done. Because right. if they do get to a point where they're broke, then something is going to have to change. Yes. And my, my gut kind of says that when you're planning for Social Security with that, then anybody who's probably younger than 50 should probably not plan on getting that full Social Security benefit. And anybody over 50 may get the full benefit, but they may also kind of fall through the cracks a little bit and have some reduction. Right. So this is one situation where being older is definitely better. <laughs> 
There ain't <laughs> many of them, Mary. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the offset for dealing with all those aches and pains. That there we, you go. We suffer with. Now, there's a couple of unique situations with Social Security surrounding marital history that we want to talk about for just a minute. And the first one that I want to address is if you're divorced, can you receive Social Security benefits based on your former spouse's earnings records? And there's some quirkiness to the rules with that. So, Byron, how long would you have to have been married to be able to do that? You'd have to have lasted for 10 years. 10 years is the magic number. Now, for those of you who maybe didn't have a smooth divorce and you're thinking, oh, goody, I can go after my spouse's Social Security benefits, it doesn't actually work that way. You can claim off of those to perhaps get a bigger benefit yourself, but it doesn't take anything away from your (laughs) ex-spouse. Right. In fact, if you've actually been married more than once for 10 years, you can pick a spouse whoever has the highest benefit that you might want to potentially make a claim off of. Right. And if you've been married four times, still, you can pick a spouse. (laughs) This is one of the reasons I think Social Security is going broke. (laughs) That's a good point. Johnny Carson apparently had three different ex-wives that were (laughs) claiming claiming off of his. That's right. (laughs) And and you're right, Mary, as far as, you know, one of the reasons or some of the reasons why it's going broke uh, There are some, shall we say, loopholes that have slowly kind of been closed Mm -hmm. over the years. And that that might be one of the things that Social Security does in order to help help their financial situation is to kind of reduce some of those things. So the other thing that's connected to marriage would be if you are currently married and your spouse's benefit is more than double what yours is. There's There's a piece of Social Security that's called a spousal benefit. And... There's a number of different parameters to this. So there, you have to kind of see all the different rules surrounding it. But you may be eligible to get a spousal benefit to get your amount up to at least half of what your spouse's is. Right. Now, if either one of you have taken your Social Security early, so meaning before that full retirement age, then that can be impacted and be reduced. So it's not a definite you should get at least half, but it is something that if you are the um, spouse that has the lower earnings and your higher earning spouse starts their benefits after you do, Social Security doesn't always catch that the lower earning spouse should have gotten a bump, that spousal bump. Right. So you have to ask for it. You have to know to ask for it or at least ask to check if you're eligible for one. We uh, did a seminar a couple years ago, and we had a woman that was listening to us talk about this, and she realized that that exact situation was what had happened. She'd gotten her Social Security started first. Her husband had started her his a few years later, and hers was well less than half of his. So she went down to the Social Security office and asked about that, and she ended up getting a $400 a month raise and over $10,000 worth of back pay for what she should have gotten because it didn't get started when it should have with that spousal bump. So that was some time well spent yeah, for her. Yeah, best seminar ever for her. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so understanding what you're entitled to really is an important thing. Now, the last thing that I want to mention when it comes to spousal benefits is what happens when you have lost a spouse. And losing a spouse is one of the only things that allows you to claim benefits earlier than 62. 
So in some situations, as a widow or a widower, you can actually claim those benefits as early as age 60. Right. Or even younger than that, if you still have young children at home. Right. And I think it's up to maybe age 16 for the, the kid's age. Mm-hmm. Up until then, you can you can claim survivor benefits as a spouse, right? Right. So there's a lot of quirkiness when it comes to Social Security planning. And that's why we recommend that you actually get some professional counseling about that, not only to understand what your Social Security options are, but also to understand how Social Security does play in in your full retirement picture. Right. It's part of a financial plan. It's not just a standalone benefit to be have decisions made in a silo. Right. We kind of look at it as Social Security being your foundation that you start building your retirement income house mm-hmm. with, if you want to call it that, where, you know, that that's your base and you're going to go from there. Right. And one of the nice things about it is we consider that to be what's called a fixed income stream, meaning that it's a paycheck that you're going to be getting every month. When you stop working and your paychecks stop coming, then it's nice to start getting something monthly. Right. Right. (laughs) And so we look at those fixed income streams to find out what's the best combination of them and when do when do they need to start coming in? When are you going to have excess money versus not enough money? And then what's your tax situation with Social Security? So, Byron, when when you're talking about taxes connected to Social Security, what percentage of that Social Security check can actually be taxed? Well, the max on that, and sometimes people get confused where they hear this 85%, meaning thinking that, oh, 85% of that is going to be taxed. That's how I'm going to mm-hmm. pay on it. That's not what it means. If you're a high earner, you have pretty high, if your income is pretty high in retirement, up to 85% of your Social Security benefits will be subject to income tax. So whatever your tax rate is, that's what you would pay on 85% of your Social Security. Yeah, that is a very common misperception (laughs) for people. So we've put together a great handout for people that's called Planning for Social Security. If you're in that age, if you're in the stage where you're trying to figure that out and you're kind of collecting information and wanting to read about it, reach out to us at sterkfinancialservices.com and request a copy of our Planning for Social Security handout. Be happy to send it to you. And then if you want to visit about your options, we'd be happy to do that too. So thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota, 57049 and can be reached at 605-217-3555.